This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machine is firing up. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Business Machine. And this one, we actually have our guest here in the studio, which is exciting. Typically, we do, do these over, over Skype, as you guys know. We have people from all over the globe, you know, from Australia, all over the United States. But today, we've got somebody who's right here in our hometown. And Bernie Adams is here, and he is the founder and owner of Process Pro, which was just founded in 2017. But Bernie is no stranger to the process process, if lack of a better word. With almost two decades of experience, Bernie has been in the middle of numerous process challenges throughout various industries. Through teaching the Six Sigma and Lean program styles, the process has been proven to work time and time again across multiple industries. Some of the companies Bernie has helped revolutionize their process include highly disciplined fields such as pharmaceuticals, government, aerospace, manufacturing, healthcare, and maybe marketing one day, right, Bernie? Maybe. Thanks for coming today. I really appreciate it. Sure. So, you know, what I really like about this, and as you know me, we're working pretty closely together. Process for me is difficult. I, you know, being a CEO of Michigan Creative, it's a marketing, we're supposed to be creative, but that's just not my side. But I can see the benefits of that. So you've done process really for companies that you've worked for. Um, you've been hired for that specific reason. Why did you decide in 2017 to say, hey, you know what? I can do it for more than just the companies I work for. Why did you decide to go off and start a business this year? Um, that's a good question. The answer is simply because you, Brian, are not alone in your feeling of not understanding process. Sure. Process is, is very simplistic on the surface. When people think about process, when they think about how they do whatever it is they do every day, every day, they can do it in two or three words. They can explain it really quickly. But in reality, how you go from point A to point B, how you make a grilled cheese sandwich yeah. has 14, 15 different steps depending on your customer, depending on the uh, ingredients you have in your kitchen, depending on what you're feeling like that day, which pan you're going to use. And each one of those drives a different output. So over the last 20 years and working in these different industries with this, with this background and this, and this discipline that I have, every place that I've gone to, I've run across people. There's a reason why that, that Six Sigma, it's a highly disciplined and it's a rare skill set to have that's out there. But it's so needed because every place that I go, most people don't get it. Right. Most people are busy with the job that is in front of them. And improvement looks like something like let's let's take what a, a different place that's doing well is doing and copy that that that's best it's called best practice and that's truly the best of what people have to offer where, where six sigma really breaks things down and looks at the individual components of what you do on an everyday basis if you forget about those best practice is going to be thrown away to the wash it's not going to give you the the result that you want so regardless if you're looking for lower costs higher revenue better turnaround time in your company, whatever it is that you're struggling to do, it always comes back to a lack of understanding of what your process is. So as, as, as we go through the questions and we have this conversation, you're gonna hear this over and over from me. So when I started this company, 
last year, a whole you know yeah. eight nine wow. months ago, not You're a whole long it. ago. Yeah. It was truly an epiphany where I was working at the company that I'm working right now, and I, I I've been through this four or five times, and I spend so much of my first months years trying to get people who are working really hard and trying the best to what they do to understand the foundation of what process really is. And on the surface, it's a really boring subject. But in order to get where you wanna go in a business, the really high performing businesses, they get process, they understand that, and they've made it part of their culture, part of their routine. Now for somebody like me that's listening, a lot of our guests too are on that creative side with business. So to me, process sounds bleh. However, <laughs> when when you see it, and, and you and I had talked about the simple fact of answering the phone, which sounds really simple. You answer the phone, hello, wh- however, but we really felt that at Michigan Creative, we really wanted to answer the phone in a certain way because we felt that that was important. We felt that to make a difference in the marketing field, we want to pick up the phone and we want to do it in a certain way. And we found out just by writing those steps down that there's quite a few that are involved. Does it, you know, when you put these steps in line, is the idea that these are the steps that you stick with and that's it? Or what do you do with those? And what if there's a piece in there that doesn't work? What does that process, doing that process and writing that down allow you to do? Yep. So it's 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 a process in itself. <laughs> yeah. So the idea isn't that you're a robot. That's usually the biggest pushback that right. human beings give us. And, and that is, hey, you can't force me into a box because life is variable, right? We have we have differences that happen all over the place. You never know who that customer is going to be and how they're going to treat me on the phone or what question they're going to have or who I need to route them. And they're right with that. But with every process that's out there, it's it's about the details, but it's not about necessarily becoming that robot. It's about having a process that's consistent. And that's really the key. If you were going to have 10 different people answer your phone and it's the same customer that's calling in, are they going to be treated the same way? Are they going to be triaged the same way? Are they going to be sent around your company and the notes that are taken down and everything done the same way? If the answer is no, which is unfortunately the norm, sure. you get different outputs. You get you get unreliability in that process. So getting to the point where you're not being a robot is about getting a culture where we understand that change is okay, but we have to start with consistency. When you have that consistency and everyone's doing it the same way, then your staff becomes empowered to be able to say, you know what, this one step that we're doing, how we're answering the phone like this, I think there's a better way. I think that if we try to do it instead like this, and with a team of people now that understand consistency, what happens right now is people go on their own. They do it their way because it suits them better, because, you know, it, because it's their style. And what they do is they create multiple ways of doing the same process, and that just destroys process in itself. And so the first thing is consistency. The second thing is building that, that empowerment throughout the group to allow them to change things for the better. You don't need a Six Sigma black belt, which is what I am, to right. step in and say, hey, this is how you should answer your phone. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of companies are looking for with somebody like me. Instead, that can come from inside once you understand the foundation. Let's talk about Six Sigma. I want to ask you uh, another question about an example that I think really makes it clear. And I want to talk about that onboarding process, too, because that's something that we all have to deal with at any organization is bringing new people on. To me, that one was really easy to see, like, oh, my gosh, like answering the phone. Okay, maybe you're going to have two or three people do that. Mm. However, onboarding is a big deal. So before we talk about that, though, explain because you said black belt. And I want to make sure people understand what that means because it's a really cool title. But what is Six Sigma? 
and is it a certificate and what is what does it mean should it mean something to me that you're a black belt in six sigma yeah what it doesn't mean is that you can come up and just you know crack me across the head and i'm going to you know, respond back okay, so gotcha. one of the okay. one of the biggest things so i also teach a yellow belt class and so one of the biggest misconceptions people have is hey is this a an exercise thing is this you know Correct. martial arts and yeah, of course yeah. it's not that but a black belt is is simply um, uh, part of a sequence in the Six Sigma realm, there's a, there's, they keep making more money, so they keep making more belts. But originally, there were three. There was a yellow belt, which is designed for um, the, the basic foundation for anybody. As I say in my class, if you have a pulse and a process, yellow belt is for you. Got it. How do I fix the things that are right in front of me that I have total control over? That's what a yellow belt is about, the tool set to be able to fix the things that you have control over. Then there's a green belt, which is kind of in between what I am and a yellow belt. And a green belt is, hey, I don't live in a vacuum. There are other people who do different things in my world. How do I approach fixing things when we have interactions? Yeah. A green belt is more complex, things like that. And then there's finally a black belt, which is designed for an entire organization for much, much bigger things. Many more people, many more interactions, many more variables associated with it. So talk to me about that onboarding process, because to me, everybody listening out there knows what that means. So basically, when we're talking about onboarding, we mean that when somebody starts, so you hire somebody, that, and there's issues with that, but let's say that you have found somebody and they're gonna start in two weeks. And the example that you gave me is then two weeks go by like that, and all of a sudden, Steve, or whatever, shows up and he's like, I'm ready to go. And you're like, uh, okay, just go in this, this will be your office, the computer's not here yet what would process be able to do for us in that instance? So it, it goes back to that consistency thing. Whenever you have a process, and onboarding is a great one because in my 25, 30 years of, of working, I've yet to work for one place that when I started, they were ready to go for me. To your point, you start, you show up, you're excited to work for a new place, you know, your suit looks sharp and you're ready to go, you have your notebook and your pen, and you show up and you talk to your boss, and there's delays and well your computer's not ready and your chair isn't quite here yet so this is where you'll stand for the next couple of days and why don't you walk around with this person for a while and so now you're kind of a leech onto that person until everything kind of fits in place instead of being ready to go so you can begin contributing on day one so process looks at how you currently do currently and that's the key word how you currently operate if, if you're walking into a situation and things aren't ready for a new employee, your current process will have a lot of variation associated with that. So Process Pro will ask you really important questions like, how does the person who hires the hiring manager, how do they communicate with IT? Because I'm guessing you're gonna need a computer. So how do they communicate what information is passed on and how does IT take that and do their next step as well, as well as, if there's a, a maintenance person that has to work on the desk or, or environmental services who come in and cleans the office before they come in. You know, there's many, many steps and people involved with an onboarding process. When we think about onboarding, think simple, right? We think somebody, we hire them, they come in, they show up and they start working. Isn't that great? But really there's, there's five to 10 to 15 people involved and they all have their own processes. And if everything is not done precisely in order, if all the inputs aren't correct when they come in, in a timely fashion, that two weeks go by really fast, and all of a sudden the person shows up and they don't know where to park, they don't have a parking sticker, their badge doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what unfortunately is happening all around the country. I love the example too, and it's gonna be on our website because it's a universal thing. Everyone kind of understands it, but I yet to have 
and I'm sure there are companies who do it well, but it's, it's a difficult thing because there are so many people involved. And what it means is you got to pay attention to the detail. So why do you think we're doing this? So, to, you know, if somebody said, why should I have process? And the easy answer is because it makes everything easier. But there's other reasons, too. So what are some other things that companies are out there? What can that process do besides stress relief to make things easier? What else are we looking for and why is process important? Name a goal, any goal that you come up with, anything that you as a owner, as a CEO, as a president, as a director, as a manager, as an individual, anything that you want to improve, most likely has a process associated with it. And if your process isn't consistent as it currently stands, anything that you throw at it, any kind of best practice or any ideas or brainstorms, you might have the smartest people that are working for you right now. But if your process isn't currently consistent, all you're gonna do is be adding to that inconsistency. You're gonna be building on top of layers and layers and layers of dysfunction. And instead, what's first needed is to strip all that away and say, here's our process, let's follow this. And then build not on top of that, but in place of certain key components that can improve. So if you want to decrease the time it takes to be able to get a quote from your customer to the time they're actually in the door, because you think it's too long, because you, competition's doing it better, whatever it happens to be. Instead of going out and guessing or asking other people for their opinion, which is all, you know, sure. I, I, it has its value in, in, in its time. You have to first look at your current process and say, are we doing our current process in a consistent fashion? If the answer is no, you have barriers to even bring in good ideas to be able to work. Because your new idea is probably not gonna be consistent either. And so therefore it's not gonna be close to optimized. It's not gonna give you close to the bang for the buck that maybe another company is doing it. So how do we do this? So right now I'm thinking, and, and we're a small company here, and then so there's, lar I don't even know how they do this in a large company because there's so many different people that are mm -hmm. attached to this and approvals and all that stuff too. But if I'm out there listening and going, oh my gosh, he's right, everything has a process and we haven't written anything down for anything. How do, what I would say is, well, I can't do any of it because it's too much. How do we start? How do we easily start? Yeah, it starts with ownership. You really need in a large company or a small company, you need to understand and identify the people who have the most skin in the game, who can control the process, who have the most to, to, to gain with it because they're gonna be invested. So often, somebody like myself, a person who's a consultant or the person who's a, a Six Sigma who comes in, who's paid a lot of money to come into companies to be able to fix processes, they don't have a magic wand. They don't walk in and look at something and bless it and say, okay, there you go, it's fixed. Shoot. Instead, it, that's usually where it fails when people have that understanding. Right. Instead, you need an owner who is independent of this person that says, we're gonna commit to doing this. And it's because of the, the one simple idea that change is difficult. Human beings don't like to change. We are comfortable, we're, we're designed to be comfortable and love our routines, right? We, our body's meant to look for routines. And that's okay if our routine doesn't have variation in it. But because we're trying to improve something, because we know that there are multiple steps that are being done differently, and that's the way we've been doing it for 30 years. That's, <laughs> that's the way right. I, I was trained to do it. Yeah. You know? Therefore, the first thing that we have to do is get commitment. And you need that single person or that single body that says, you know what, we're gonna do whatever it takes because our revenue is important. Our customer satisfaction report, our engagement, our turnaround time, whatever it is that you're looking to do, that's always the first step. You will spin your wheels, I will spin my wheels, anyone will spin your wheels without that kind of a buy-in. 
you know, one of the things I think the example to see how bad this can get, how quickly that can get without processes, I think you talked about the medical industry and there was doctors did things in a certain way and nurses knew the certain way that they liked it, but they had to put it like in the charts or something along those lines. And so every different person did it a different way. And that's in a medium sized hospital where, you know, once it's done wrong one way, it just, you know, the, the fallout from that is just you know, enormous. So imagine in a really large company where that process could really break. So I think that is important. So what I want to ask you though, since you're a black belt and you're Six Sigma, so everything that you do from the minute you wake up, do you have a, like a big note on all over your house about all the different <laughs> processes that you follow? Like, is it hard for you to go out? Cause we were talking about restaurants one time too. And is it hard for you to go, you know what, if you guys just did this, you know, and if you wrote this down, this would be a lot better. Can you get out of that mode? Yeah. So, so the, 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 the rub is I'm a human being in a relation, loving relationship with, with my wife, <laughs> right. who is not a process driven person. Yep. And, and so in my world, it's a sickness. It truly is. When you think like I do 20 years of doing this, sure. you do, you see these opportunities all over the place. When my wife and I first started dating, it became a source of conversation for us, which was great. <laughs> yeah. But also, uh, uh, eventually, she kind of, you know, made it known that hey, you don't got to fix everything. Sure. And you know, the things that have to do with me, I kind of like the way I do things right now, even though I might be late to an appointment once in a while, or <laughs> you know, because if you just got this ready earlier, honey. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it gets back to that commitment point. Yeah. You have to want to change. You have to want things to get better. So, if it was all up to me. If I was a single guy living by myself in a big city, I probably would have those sticky notes all over the place helping <laughs> with my process. And I, and in my world, I, I do. And so I'll just really quickly to the listeners, to, to sign up for this podcast, There's Brian has the process to be able to go online sure. and be able to uh, a- enter some little bit of information. Well, I apparently either missed it or skipped past it, which is both a process failure on your side, sure. but also a process failure on my side. And so there's an opportunity to say, okay, how do we make sure that everyone goes through this so that we don't have to scramble like we did before this this video starts. So. Well, and, and that was the thing too. We had a podcast scheduled today at 1230 and for some reason they didn't see the link that said, I need to know your Skype ID. I need to know yeah. your bio and I need your headshot. If all those things fall in place and that was an improvement of what we did. So it's much easier now because yep. now all we have to do is send them one link and they can schedule it. And so that really helps. But then that's that disconnect somewhere that two people today have missed it. So we got to go back and look at it. So you change your process. Yep. It's a standard process because it's on online. Right. And everyone can follow it, right? But you still know it's not 100% fallible, right? Because there are some people, myself included, right, who missed it. And so you made a process change internally, which is fantastic, which is what you're not a robot. Sure. You're going to see an opportunity. Why is it more, why aren't more people going to this? Why aren't more people giving me the information? Well, here's a better way to do it. It's not just one person decides to do it and somebody else does it a different way. This is the way we want you to do it. But now you have a process that's improved, but you still can say, I think there's a better way or hey team let's get together let's figure out a way to make this from 75 percent to 100 percent or 99 percent because weird variation always happens right yeah. special cause variation but now you can look at that process step and say let's find a way to standardize this new step that we think is going to improve even more instead of a bunch of rogues doing it their own way it's exactly the thought process hi everybody brian here real quick This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little 
Business Machine Podcast. It's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites, digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. So what I think is interesting about process, and and you know, before we met, I didn't really think about it in the way that you did. I need you to say that again because I don't hear it very much. So the what I find is interesting about process, I just like that the way. The oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's nobody fa- says that. It really is fascinating because for us, even being who who we are, it was very easy to see the benefits of it. And I remember reading a book um, called The E Myth, and he talks about it, but he doesn't call it. He probably calls it process, but not in the way that you do, and it doesn't really come up as Six Sigma. But what they talk about in the book, and I. I, I tell the story a lot is in a business, in a perfect world, what you should be able to do is think about your business like you're going to franchise it. And all that means is you may or may not ever franchise it. But in a perfect world, if you could duplicate what you're doing and put everything into a box, this is what happens when you do this. This is what happens when you do this. And then give that to somebody else. Go open Michigan Creative in Indiana. Here you go. Here's everything that you need. But the sense is, is if you can do that and give it to somebody else, then you've got all your processes in place. And so it really started to click and make sense. But it's not something that you hear very specific about because I don't know if a lot of people think in that step because they always think about business improvement. How do we get more sales? How do we increase our productivity? But then that process piece doesn't really come up. Is this new? Is it is it just not heard of or is it something that we've been doing for a long time? Why is this starting to come around now, or has it always been around? So there's a guy named Deming who's very, very famous in my line of work, and, and people who know him talk about him all the time. Back um, in the in the 70s, Deming is the one who kind of founded the lean principles and a lot of the Six Sigma kind of stuff. He had this idea of how to think better in qual- terms of quality. And so he came to the UAW auto workers, the big three, and said, hey, I think there's a great way to do this stuff. And they said, and what, what do we need you for? We're making money hand over fist. We're the big three, get lost. So he took his roadshow and went over to Japan. The, you know, the rest of the story is history. Sure. Japanese automakers, you know, kick some butt. Ours over here, we were going to bankruptcy. It was a big issue and Deming predicted it was gonna happen. Actually, there's a quote out there that says he, he predicted it was gonna happen in five years. He was wrong. It happened in four, really? you know, <laughs> yeah. and that, so it, it, it hasn't been around for eons, but it has been around for decades. Sure. And I think it's difficult because we're the expert at our job to get somebody like myself or, or anyone to come in and sit down with you and say, hey, we got to talk about your process. Usually it's easier, kind of the road less taken kind of thing. It's easier for us to say, how do we make improvements? Well, we got to work harder. Yeah. What do you tell your staff, right? Hey, you got to do better. You got to work harder. I'm going to send you to a, a training. You don't sit down and say, why do you do things differently than the other three people who do the same job? Where are our biggest opportunities? Instead, why can't we do what we do? Like you know, pick any company, you know, that, that pick a marketing company, sure. you know, that, that's at the top of the, pyramid. what are they doing that we're not what doing? What do they do differently? Yeah. Let's copy them. And let's do it here, though, therefore, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but we don't know if that process works. Or will work for you. Sure. Right? Or work in Lansing. It'll work in Michigan for your customers. There's so many different variables that are out there. In order to truly make change, and this is the tough part, you have to know yourself first. 
and you have to know your weaknesses first. And that's the step that's difficult for everybody else. And that's what a true black belt, a true Six Sigma person, that's what they're trained to do is find where that variation is, where those weaknesses are, and say, we should never be walking in saying, this is what you should do. We should be saying, here are your weaknesses. Now, let me engage you all into a really healthy conversation because you are the experts. You guys are the smart people. You guys are the ones who are invested and been doing this a long time. Now, let me help facilitate guiding the right choices so that you can implement this in a consistent, reliable manner to be able to improve whatever it is. That's tough to do Yeah, yeah. because everything makes a lot of sense and it's tough to go away things that make sense like best practice. So now let's say we go into a company medium-sized company they have a couple hundred employees you know one of the things that's always difficult when you get to that size and even at us you know we're 12 15 and it's not difficult yet because we're all in the same location but i could see where it gets to 20 or 30 or 40 people how do i make sure you know besides the process piece i always worry about how do i make sure that the person who is you know just started and is like the 27th employee um, how do i make sure they're as passionate as me as i am about the company um, and how do I make sure that that happens every day? So my question is on the process piece is you get this great process, you get everybody on board um, and you get the leadership team on board and you create this beautiful process and it's, it's working and you're going to tweak it as you go. How do you make sure that in a large company like that, that it is followed? I mean, do we make big sheets? Do we have, you know, handouts and how do we make sure that's followed? Because if it's not followed, it doesn't work. And how do we know right. it's, how do we know at that point, let's say, how do we know employee X uh, doesn't do number six? <laughs> right. Um, but but most people do. But there's, a, you know, how do we follow that and how do we track it? So one of the one of the major things that Process Pro does is to create what I'm calling smart maps. It's basically a, a process map that can be followed by anybody. It, it's, a, it's more of a, it's as much of a leadership tool mm -hmm. as it is a tool for the frontline staff because it, it makes an easy way for anybody to look at a process, leadership or frontline, to be able to say, are we following this in a consistent manner? When there's variation outside of this process, there should be only a you know, one in a hundred type of a thing going on, a special cause variation. There's variation all over the place, but you know today that you're gonna have the phone ring you know, 20 times and most likely it's gonna be the normal type of calls that you always get. Yeah. This is the same in pharmaceuticals, in government, in, in healthcare, in the emergency, emergency department. Most people are, are afraid of change because they want to tell you, hey, this is the ED. Everything changes every day. You never know who's going to walk in that door. But the data says otherwise. The data says, I can almost guarantee you and predict that we're going to get five to seven chest pain patients that come in. And I can tell you almost what time that they come in as well and give the ranges. So staff accordingly and think like this, and this is how you should behave in these types of situations. Yeah, but most people in the ED department would say, no, no, that doesn't happen. Oh, sure. Well, that's where data comes. So to, to your point, so now you have this organization, this medium organization, and you have a new employee that's coming on board because you just fixed your onboarding and now it's working great. So day one, they start and they're ready to go, right? Which is the perfect case scenario. Yep, ready to work. So the now ground. they're ready to go. You want to make sure that they're following the process, doing whatever it is that they've been hired to do. So they come in with usually some expertise from a different company somewhere else. They're going to come with their biases. The, the, the way to overcome that is to provide them with a tool and provide them with a culture. And that tool and culture go hand in hand. And that is the leadership supporting, in our case, a smart map that says, hey, this is how we do this. The first answer is gonna be, yeah, but we did differently over where I am from. 
well, that's great. That's awesome. And if you feel like you can improve upon our process, this is how we talk about it. This is how we bring it up. This is how we improve things. It's not you do it your own way and we all do our own way different, differently. Because that right. is what starts the destruction. That's what starts pulling things apart so that you become mediocre again. And that's what most companies find their way around you know, or find themselves being a mediocre company and, and unable to get past that because they're averaging all the work of all these people doing their own things. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things that we're working on here is we're really trying to not just, you know, we've always talked about how we got to fix our, our process, but then we didn't really understand that, and it's really silly, just writing it down really helps. Sure. And it sounds so silly until we met you and we're like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense because then you can figure it out and then you can change it and then you can at least have it, this is how we do things. Yeah. And it's been good for our clients too because now our clients have a process that we expect them to follow and if they don't, we can't move forward. Yeah. Because we know what happens if that doesn't happen. Or we don't take them on. If they're like, you know what, we're not going to do this, then we're like, you know what, we're probably not a good fit. And so we've been able to do that a little bit, not 100%. So, you know, I want to ask you is when I'm out there, to you, you probably see really good process. Who's a company you think really has it down? And, and if I'm out there looking, what am I looking for? And who who has process down in your mind that that seems to work every time. So the thing to look for is that reliability, is that same experience. So the, the, kind of the, the buzzword these days is experience and, and emotion, the feeling you get at different places, and I, I love that. I'm trying to build that for my company as well, right? What's the emotion that you get when you come to these places? When it's the same every time you go, that's, that's the key. Yeah. Because with so many different people, it, it's impossible that they have the same employee doing the same job every time you walk in 24-7. Sure. Right? And so how do they get their employees to do the same thing? So my favorite example, if you haven't seen The Founder yet, watch The Founder. Yep. The first half of that movie with, with Michael Keaton is absolutely fantastic from a process perspective. At McDonald's, right? This is all about the founding of, of McDonald's. Yep, yep. At McDonald's, they do things the right way. The idea is they have a process that everyone follows. A Big Mac is a Big Mac, whether you're in Lansing, Michigan, or San Francisco, California. Right. No, no matter where you go, a Big Mac is the same Big Mac. Why? It's not because they have the smartest 16-year-old back there flipping the burgers, right? <laughs> they have the best interview process, or they you know, infuse, you know, the, 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 they don't have the greatest ingredient. It's because they have a process, yep. and they follow that to a T. The, the movie really shows it well, and that is our burgers, you have to have three pickles, not two pickles, not four pickles, and they have to be in a certain area so it doesn't slide off the, off the bun. If you go to McDonald's or any restaurant and you open up that container and that bun is slid off, that's a process that wasn't followed yeah. or a lack of a process. McDonald's has one, and so are you following it or not following it, right? If you walk away without a straw in your bag, somebody in that company didn't follow their process. McDonald's hammers at home more than any other company that I know that's out there. But there's a lot of good examples. Find a really successful company that's not a monopoly, right? Or, or a monopoly type situation. Something that everyone loves and looks forward to. I guarantee you they have process down. Yeah, and I can see in thinking about retail and fast food or just food in general, like being able to, because the turnover rate is pretty high in those. To, so how do you make sure that, you know, we were talking about Chick-fil-A at that one point too. How yeah. do you make sure that when you, as soon as you get up to that drive through window, the same thing is said, and you feel that experience every time, like those kids and their kids in that window are trained very well to make you feel a certain way. And every time you go there, you make, you feel a certain way. And people, you know, the food's good, sure. you know, it's average it's good right um but it's more about the experience than when you go there absolutely and so they must have that really down yep 
And, and that might be something that's driven by them. It's not driven by a Six Sigma person going, these are the words that you should say. There's enough experts out there that'll tell you from a, from a customer service perspective, these are the type of words that you should say in a fast food restaurant. They can tell you that. But I'm telling you that if you have that and you mix it up and everyone does it a little bit differently, you're getting different experiences in that drive-through. Chick-fil-A says, this is how I want you to say it. Not robots, right? You're not gonna be a robot, but you have to have a smile. You have to ask the person how they're doing and tell them your name, right? There's a certain cadence to it and they ensure that it's done the same way every time. The management is trained to make sure that that happens. That was internally driven. That's a fantastic example of how the, the right way is to do it. So Bernie, let's talk about you a little bit here. So you have a job, everything's going really well. And for some silly reason, you're thinking about someday <laughs> right. and running and you are, you know, you're going to launch and you already have launch process pro and, and working on the website and, and getting clients. And you decided, you know, I want to run my own business. And when most people, when I first started my company, people would ask me that I'm like, Oh, just do it. It's great. It's awesome. And six months into, I'm like, yeah, don't do that. Right. And so, <laughs> and now I'm asking you, why do you feel that at, at this moment that this is a good place for you or this is a good you could see yourself doing this across the country across the globe and running your own business as process pro yeah as i kind of hinted a little bit ago when when i just just recently before i started this company it was kind of an epiphany where i said you know what i'm spending a lot of time trying to get one company to understand the very basics of change the very basics of improvement and it takes a while to do it and it has it has its roots in, in, the, in, in the foundation of Six Sigma kind of stuff. And so for me, it's simple. It's a matter of changing people's minds. And I think these same tools, no matter where I'm going, they're successful. It just takes time. And I thought, why do I do this one at a time? I'm really big into adding value and helping humanity out. I love the idea of, 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 of people getting value and, and, and uh, an intrinsic value out of the things that I do for them. I and mean, it just makes me feel great. Sure. And so why do I do this one at a time when I think I can multiply this exponentially yeah. across across the country, across the world? And so doing research, there's a lot of uh, consultants out there that are struggling right now that could use something like this. And I thought, you know what, this is going to help absolutely anybody with a process, right? If you have a heartbeat. Which and, is everyone. Yeah, which right. is everybody <laughs> yeah. and a process, which is everybody. And so I think this is a multiplier effect for me. Why do I think this is going to be successful? Why do I think that I'm going to love doing this? Because I really can help out more and more and more than I ever have been before. You know. So let's talk about that for you know. Let's just go a couple months and you know down the road here. What what do you hope happens with Process Pro and how how are people going to access that at the very basic level? You know, you can't be everywhere and you can't be all over at every single business helping people and holding their hands unless you had 50 employees. Not the direction you're going. So how is that going to work and how do you think Process Pro is going to be able to work with companies all across the country? Yep, well you're speaking my language, brother, because <laughs> it's all about the process, sure. right? It's all about kind of what you talked about before as far as um, um, hardwiring something and then growing it from there. So my process internally Everything could, could, could stand some improvement. I'm going to learn about everything. This is still new. This is entrepreneurship stuff. I love it right now. Right. And I'm learning so much. I don't have the marketing skill that you have. Right. You don't have the process skill that I have. And Zero. so as I'm thinking about establishing and growing this, there's so much I have to learn in order to be able to scale and go and go and go from there. And that's my goal is to really touch as many people as I can. And I can't do that without learning, without surrounding myself with good people who can help me get to that, that next level. For the business part of it, I think this is where a lot of individual businesses fail. It's not just about my widget. 
the thing that I do. I'm really good at process. I'm really good at understanding this stuff and getting this down. It's, it's, that's not a concern. And that yeah. will be consistent no matter who my company is, no matter how many people I'm working with, no matter what state or you know country around the world that I'm working this. It's just a matter of scaling. So as I get bigger and I grow and we get more people, I already have my booklet down and my smart maps so that the next person that comes on board to help me out will know our culture and how we do things so that the customer, they won't know whether it's Bernie or somebody else that's creating their, their map for them or, or that's providing them that service for them because we're gonna be very streamlined throughout. What are some of the mistakes? And I know you're just new into this, so of course there's no you know big glaring mistakes, but we do like to talk to business owners about mistakes that they've made along the way. What are some of the mistakes that you see, not necessarily in process, but things that you're really glaring to you? You've seen a lot of companies, you've been in a lot of large companies, and what are some things for you that they're doing or that they've done that they either learned from and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I should have done it this way. You know, we value the mistakes that we've made they don't feel good when they happen, but at least we know not to do those things again. So what are some of those things that you're starting to see or even things that you've done over the course of starting your business that really didn't work out? Yeah, I think the biggest mistake that I see in my line of work, which is gonna be different from other people, not necessarily industry-wide, but people-wide, and is that is people don't learn from their mistakes. Now, I don't mean that they stop trying. What I mean is they take the same approach to trying to fix something. If that is best practice, right? We're, we, we tried what this company does and that didn't work. Okay, what's the next company that we're gonna try to copy from? Or let's try a brainstorming exercise. Let's get everybody together and, and let's come up with eight ideas and we're gonna try the best one. And if that doesn't work, we'll try the same exercise again, <laughs> right. right? It's the process that's broken. Yeah. It's the process that doesn't work. The process that should be followed is the one that we're trying to teach, is the one that I'm trying to roll out to people to get to that point. And it's taken time for me to hardwire my own process to get this, to get this understanding down. But really, that's what's going on in industries around the world is if people don't do or get the results that they're wanting, they try to fix it in the same way that they've been trying. And it doesn't, again, it's not saying that they've given up and it's not saying that they're not having all the effort in the world. That's what activity, right? We think like we're being busy, we're being productive because we're active. That's not necessarily the case. So why do you think that happens? Why do you think, I mean, to me, it seems- They don't know. Okay. How would you know? I mean, uh, people within a hospital, they're ex-nurses and ex-doctors mostly, you know, and and they've been trained and they're really good at what they do. And they get to a point where they have to change a process. Well, what do I, you know, I, I have 20 years of experience as a nurse. What else did we try 15 years ago that might have you know made some sense back then or what does another hospital do we just get into that rut without knowing process it's a different discipline it yeah. really is and you have to look at it differently in the same way you looked at how you answer a phone as silly as that sounds when you're able to break it down you're truly taking on a different discipline by thinking about your process in the individual steps so bernie you know we have people listening that are in all sorts of disciplines we've talked about marketing today we talked about retail we talked about fast food we talked about healthcare. you know how do you how are you going to be able to go into all these different types of businesses you don't you know you know process you're a six million black belt but you don't know plumbing you don't know manufacturing yep. you're not a doctor you know so yep. So my question, and maybe for them, you don't know marketing, so how are you gonna know that, that well, what if we have to do it this way? You don't know, because if we do, don't do it this way, then it's not gonna work. Yep. So tell me about that, because I, I, okay, yep. I, want, I want people to go, well, this guy can't be educated in every single field, so yep. how is he gonna know if this, because if we do it this way, it's gonna break. Yep, yep, exactly. So it goes back to one of my 
bigger weaknesses in life was trying to know everything, trying to sound smart, trying to make sure that I wasn't embarrassed with what I do. When I learned, and it was, there's one person, a mentor of mine many, many years ago that set me aside. When I learned to say the words, I don't know, mm-hmm. it, cha- it was a game changer for me. I went, literally, I went from an introvert to an extrovert. Really? Because of that concept. And right now, the strength of what I do, for 20 years being you know, in Six Sigma and a black belt and, and being, doing all this lean stuff, the strength of what I do, and I ask anyone who knows me and who has worked with me, is that I don't know what you do. Sure. Because it allows me to not have any biases. It allows me to walk in and ask the really dumb questions that get to the root of what the problem is. Why do you do it like that? Well, why? It's like a, like, like a little kid, like what do your kids do? Well, why? Well, how come? And for you, it makes a lot of sense, but you don't think about the detail. You don't think about, because you've been doing it for 30 years, right? right? You've been doing this for a long time. For me to say, well, how does that work? Because explain it to me. At the end, if you can make me understand your process, because I'm going to ask the details. I'm going to ask why. I'm going to ask how. I'm going to ask when, right? I'm going to have all these little details laid out. Then you've got your process down pat. Yeah. Most often what happens is you, you say things like, because you're, you're annoyed with me, right? Because I'm asking all these questions. And you say, well, I guess I don't know. It just happens. It doesn't just happen. Nothing just happens. Or you say, you know what? Sometimes it happens like this and sometimes like this and sometimes like this. And in my, as we're having a face-to-face, I'm sitting there with that big cheesy grin on my face going, you see, that's three different ways that this gets done. Yeah. That's three different customer interactions, three different feelings, three different uh, opportunities, two different opportunities for failure, one for whichever better way it is, right? I'm not the one who's deciding what the better way is. You are. But I'm here to tell you that if you're not consistent, you're not going to get the same end result. You're not going to be able to improve whatever it is that you want to improve. And so it's that journey that we go on, that process pro is designed for. It's that journey of me saying, I don't know. Sure. And that's what the customers right now are really finding out is, is great because I can do this virtually, never have st- stood foot in your shop and know more about your business sometimes than you do when we're done. Yeah. Because I'm asking all the right questions and I'm really digging down and it turns into your smart map that's supposed to be followed every single time that your leaders can now hold on to and make sure that it happens to, in a consistent, reliable manner so that your customers are wowed by everything that's going on. But it starts with me going, I don't know your business and that's okay. Yeah. Because I'm still not gonna stop until we ask all the right questions. So in that business too, where there's multiple processes, hundreds, and and sometimes hundreds in HR alone, yeah. let alone anything else. Yeah, right? so right. I mean that's just daunting. Like, are we yeah. gonna have, you know, do we need a whole warehouse to hold all the processes? And then my other question is, is you know, what if we have a process that's a hundred steps? Yep. I mean, is that okay, or do we find a way to get it down to ten, or is that not the issue? Yep. I mean, how do we do that? Because it's see, it not not just daunting. It just seems like, oh my God, if we did that, there'd be one thousand steps. Yep. So great question. And we come over this quite a bit. People say, hey, I need this to work better, right? Whatever this thing is. That Remember, we think high levels, right? Human beings think high level. The, the important thing to remember is we have to get to the lower level detail. Often what that high level project is or that process is, is a number of sub processes that have unique individual variables going on there. Yeah. And so if you say, we really got to get this product shipped out of here faster, there's a lot of processes. We need to create an invoice. We need to make sure that we have the inventory. What if we don't have the inventory? Where do we pull it from? What's our purchasing you know, processes? And we have to break those down for what they are, individual unique processes. So it's very, very rare if you have a process that 
by eight by 11 piece of paper, yeah. you know, if you were to do normal size, that's more than three pages. That's a huge process. If you're mapping out how your, your marketing department works, there's you know, 100 processes right within there. And if you think, hey, I, I wanna make that one process, you're gonna fail. Because you have to understand how I answer the phone is really important to the rest of the, of the stream downstream. Yeah, because that last thing, what we found out on that phone is, okay, great, so customer's ready, then what? Then what? Yeah. That's exactly that. So me not knowing, right? You hear me saying, okay, now what do you do? Yeah. Well, even though you've been doing it for six, seven years here, right? Yeah. You do it at a very high level. Sure. That's still a really important question to ask. And if you can't tell me that, and it's done one way, one specific way, then there's variation. There, there's your opportunity. Yeah. That's what you need to go work on if you want to improve this yeah. company and this process, et cetera. So a whole warehouse, yeah. I mean, what do you want to improve? What do you want to make standard? Go to McDonald's. Every part of their experience, go to Disney, every part of the experience yeah, is scripted, example. right? It's scripted out. There are processes that they know back and front to make sure that it's done the same way every time. Stand in line for two hours to go see Goofy, they have a process with how they interact with the customers and when it's time to, for a break of how they switch with breaks. Yeah. That's all just one more that kind of right, right. You know, and when you're talking about warehouses, I imagine that that process and supply chain, and you know, I'm starting to think about Amazon right away. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be. There's only it has to be varied because there's no way that if they didn't do something like this, that we could get packages in two days. You got it, absolutely. And that so that supply chain. I mean, how do we do this? And that has to be. Well, what if we did it this way? I bet we could do Prime. I bet we could do that. So. The, that supply chain piece is really interesting to me and how things get, and that's gotta be process driven. You can't work smarter. Remember, you work smarter instead of harder. Yeah. You can't work smarter if you don't know the foundation of where the problems lie, and that is with consistency and reliability in your process. If you don't have, I always love saying this, take the worst process in the world, right? Take the worst process. If you do it in a standard way, you're a lot better off than taking the best practice that everyone does differently. Yeah. Because when it's you, the worst process, you're gonna be able to point a lot of things. Go, man, this step doesn't work, and this step. Now you can fix it. The best practice that nobody follows or does it their own way, you have a free for all. You're not gonna get the end result that you want. You can't improve it. You can't go anywhere with it, and you're gonna be stuck going, where do I go from here? I know there's, I know there's more that we can do. I know that I can improve this, but I don't know how. Let's guess at something else. So manufacturers that are out there too, what's the difference between process? Because we hear in the manufacturing world, we hear about lean. Yeah. And we hear about process now too. And when we were over at a manufacturing plant, they were talking about lean and how everything came in one door and then went out the other and it was all in order. But two, that seems really process driven as well. Is there a difference between lean and process? So or are they two totally different things? No, no, they're, they're interrelated. So Six Sigma, I, I love to equate it, and I say this in my class, I equate Six Sigma to Batman, especially the old school Adam West Batman, right? Batman has a utility belt. And depending on the circumstance and the villain and, and what's ready to be blown up, he doesn't always use the Batarang or the same tool over and over again. We're dating ourselves, by the way. <laughs> we are big okay. time, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll come up with a more uh, millennium <laughs> yeah, type of a thing. That works. But he has to evaluate the situation and use the right tool for the job, okay? That's really important. Six Sigma is the full utility belt. There's not a situation that I know that I go in and say, I know exactly what we're going to do. Right? right. Instead, I go in and evaluate. Lean is one of the tools of the tool belt. Lean is essentially saying, where is there waste within my process? What are we doing that doesn't add value? Got it. And if it doesn't add value, get rid of it. Right. And so when people say in manufacturing, it's very popular in manufacturing, it's very popular in healthcare, is what adds value and doesn't add value 
let's get rid of the stuff that doesn't add value. Let's get rid of the waste. It doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to fix your process. If something's broken, getting rid of the waste, it's always going to help. Right. Right. It's always going to help. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to fix your process or make things faster or make things safer, better quality or anything like that. You're just getting rid of the waste, which is always, always, always important. And so there is a distinct difference, but they're always related. Yeah. One of the things now that you're, you know, you're both, you're still working obviously, and then, then you're starting your own business. So now you're kind of doing both at the same time. So one of the questions I like to ask entrepreneurs like this too, is it's not really work-life balance, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit is for me as an entrepreneur, I used to feel like if I'm not working, I'm losing money. So work-life balance doesn't really get it anymore. I think that's an older term because if you really like what you do, you know, you don't have to balance and your work is your life and so on. But in today's modern technology, we could be working all the time. So how do you right now, especially that you've got a few things going on, what is your process for making sure that you have time for your family and time for yourself that you're not always thinking about, hey, what do I got to do to get to this level? Yeah, so I, I love process. I love what I do. I really get passionate. If you haven't heard it already, my wife, you know, drive her crazy all the time because I go home and I have lots of stories to tell her. And I'm very passionate about helping people out. I love healthcare. I love all the industries of helping people. But with that said, for me, I'm very rooted with my family, and that's really important. My health, my, my, my mental state, everything is really important. Um, and so having a process around my family is what my life is really all about. It's, it's all about my happiness, my family's happiness, our well-being. And so taking vacations, getting time away, I have processes designed to ensure that it happens. Every year, I have to get out of Lansing, Michigan because it's so cold <laughs> and I have to recharge. Yeah. Right. I know that I physically have to recharge. And so my wife and I know that we have to get out sometime in the winter and go. It's part of our process. Yep. We, we know that has to happen or else. I'm a miserable guy to be around, you know, it's no fun. I can't give myself to everyone else that's out there. And so whether it's uh, helping coach, you know, my son's baseball team or being there for my daughter's volleyball or helping, you know, our youngest with homework or whatever it happens to be for any of our kids. And we have six kids, keep in mind. It's really important for me that we are always there and our best selves for them. Yeah, that's it. And, and how do you build the process around there? So everything else is secondary. It's a it's a one A maybe, but it's still a one A and not necessarily the one that's there. Yeah, and that's interesting too that even at home you could see how that could really benefit just yep. your life in general because the problem that we have, my wife and I, is we both work full time. We both have our little companies. Mine's my full time job. She has a side company, and we're doing another one. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to think and getting really stressed out that how are we going to do all this stuff when we get home, and and, and still do the other thing. So really coming up with all right, this is what we're going to do on on Tuesdays from nine to nine thirty. We're going to meet, you know. So all that piece is not just scheduling, but it's really about what are we going to do when this happens and then we can actually turn it off. So all these pieces come into play. What I really like about the process piece that's really fascinating to me is that especially in the manufacturing world and even in healthcare, because what you're doing is cutting out and you can use it for this way. One, it could help you with revenue. Of course, it can help with leadership. It can help with morale. It can help with time. Um, but time uh, is money to a lot of people. And, and what if we fixed a process that saved three seconds? All right, three seconds doesn't sound very big, but three seconds over the course of a day, over the course of a week, over the course of a month, absolutely really adds up. And yeah. that's where if you just take those little pieces out, and you can't do that if you don't write those steps down. You got it. Is process steps? Am I missing something? Is it just steps? Nope, that's exactly that. What are the yeah. verbs? Right? Yeah. What are the verbs and what's the variation? Those are the two foundational things that are there. The steps are the verbs, right? The things that we do. Every morning I get up you know, to go to work, and it takes me 20 minutes on a dime 
to get up and go to work because right. my process is straight. I can put it on a map. I can you could follow it and be out in twenty minutes, following exactly the same so way. Maybe you should do that. Just do like, hey, this is how long it takes to get ready. Like you comb your hair this way, it takes one point. You'd seconds. look exactly like me when you left. Uh, right? Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be six foot five, but but that's that's up to my process, which is a process a company of one, right? Because it's the way that I like to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. Which is different than if other people, you know, have other needs and stuff. Which is different than having a company because if you're answering the phone, you want the customer to have the same the same experience every single time there's only there's no customer besides myself for getting up in the morning and so whether you get up the same way or I do it's really up to you but if you find yourself late all the time for work or for an appointment or whatever it happens to be it's your process sure and and often we forget about the little levels of details oh I forgot I uh, left my phone inside or I have to check this email or I have to go on BuzzFeed or I forgot to feed the dog and you're not baking in the times for all the variation that you want to have you're screwing yourself in the long yeah. run. You're, you're not getting that process. Make done. your coffee the night before. Maybe have your lunch. Just sure. little things like Absolutely, that. Absolutely right. Yeah, and especially people with children, that would be very, very yeah. helpful. You so, have to do it, especially yep. with six or you know, we have four. So yeah. Yep. So my life in that way is yeah. very structured. My life is very structured in that way. So we have you know apps and we have tools that we can use that help us with that. But to your point, it's boring to think about to sit down and say with our wife, okay, on Tuesday from nine to nine thirty, this yeah. is what we're going to do. But it's not about the, the the big thing is it's not about the process that you have to go through because it is kind of boring. It's about the end result. Yeah, the end result. Yeah, and that's what we're all in business for is that end result type of a thing. So you have to go through this part of it to get to that end result. So give me, you know, as we wrap up this podcast here, we got a couple of quick questions that I want to ask you that are related to some tips and tools. But you know, if I'm thinking, do I want to look at the very most impossible process to start? Is that what I want to do? Do I want to start with the hardest one or do I want to pick something easy? If this is the first thing that you've done, yeah. pick something easy. Pick something that is still substantial to you, right? But keep in mind that the process itself is going to be a culture, getting things standard, getting people to follow this. If they're not used to it, it's going to be a little tricky in the beginning. And that comes down to your leadership. It comes down to your, your leadership skills and the people around you to be able to say, hey, this is our new consistent process. We have to make sure we follow this. If they're not used to following a specific way of answering the phones, it's going to take a little bit of time. So starting easy, getting that buy-in and then growing from there, it's probably the best way to do it. If you have a group of people that are cool with change and, and listen well, you've got a good, strong leadership, Go for the mountain, right? Go for the biggest one you can find and say, let's really hammer this home. You'll get there either way. Because once you start getting this, then it becomes dominoes. It really becomes infectious, which is great. And I like it too, because then you could really take buy-in from everyone who's using it. And they could say, hey, three months down the road, let's revisit this, let's see how it goes. And somebody, Michael, could say, hey, you know what? You know, when we, we're saying this, because it's in our little process map here, let's try this and see what happens. And we'd be like, okay, great, let's try it and see what happens. Yeah. And then you'll have that data. But you really couldn't do that because everybody's just kind of doing it every different it. way. This hmm. is the scientific method. No, no. Six Sigma is the scientific method, and that's what you're practicing. What you just laid out is practicing that, right? Hmm. You're trying something out and saying, hey, if this is better, let's try this one thing. But again, if it's all done differently, you can't, you can't possibly do that. But yeah. if, if, you, if you can get people to be consistent with it, even if it's the worst process in the world, right? If it's consistent, then you can really grow with it. It's an empowerment thing for everybody that's involved, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I like, you know, when somebody moves up or somebody leaves or whatever, there's still that document that's in place, you know, that you can have and change and give to them. So I think it's fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting. Hey, everybody. This week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com. That's freshwaterapparel.com. 
Com and check out their spring collection of t-shirts and soon beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan and the shirts are 100% made in America. So you can't beat that. So if you love Freshwater like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. All right, so I'm a, a former teacher, as you know, and so I used to pass out cheesy quotes. Give me a <laughs> quote that you love. Oh, I wrote down like eight of them. Great. So pick a number, like one, two, three, four, seven. Pick a number, one through seven. Four. Unless you want them all. Um, what you permit, you promote. Yeah, explain that to me. Uh, yeah, uh, so this is one that we use quite a bit in healthcare, uh, and as a parent, <laughs> the yeah. things that we, you can have processes in place, you can have rules, you can have guidelines and regulations. It, it is: Are you following this or not? And it's okay to, to to be a buddy as a parent. It's okay to you know guide people as a boss or whatnot as a leader. But if you allow it to happen, you're promoting. It. You're saying that's okay to happen all the time. And remember, variation and consistency is the key. You know, you don't want variation, you want consistency. And so if you permit somebody to go outside of that, it's gonna happen again, and it's gonna happen again. Other people are gonna see that. And all of a sudden you're gonna realize, wow, I've just promoted bad practice for my entire company. Yeah. Why are my results down? It all comes back to that consistency. And I can so. think of two very succinct uh, examples that me as a leader that I had to learn lessons were. One, there was somebody who was really bad for the culture three, four years ago, and I just didn't want to deal with it, but I could see it happening and I knew it was bad and it started to affect everyone. But what I was starting to feel, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I was starting to feel and somebody, a mentor said to me, hey, man, you've got to do this. You've got to get, you know, because what's happening is it's not that he's just ruining the culture at the company. It's that your employees are thinking, hey, man, Brian's not going to deal with this. So what else is he not going to deal with? You so we fix that. And the other thing too is we're looking for we were looking for a system, a project management system that we could follow. And so we had one, um, but once we found a new one, John said, "Hey, if we're going to get a new one, and all it is is where we put all of our information in, so we don't email each other inside. Okay, so we don't want to email our staff. You know, here's this. I need you to do this design. We got to put it into one system. We found mm -hmm. Basecamp, and John's like, "All right, if we find a new one, because we had one." And some people used it and some people didn't. Everybody's got to use it. And everybody stopped and looked at me. <laughs> right. And Why they is said, that? Because yeah. I wasn't using it. And <laughs> <laughs> because they knew that I, I typically will not. I said, all right, listen, I will use it. Because if I don't use it, why should somebody else use it? Sure. And so, yeah, I really like that. And that's a really good example. And, and that pro that's a process for us is here's what happens when I get an email from a client that needs something done. It goes into Basecamp and we tag it with the person that needs to be tagged. And so that's a very simple process and it's worked just in the last week and a half. It's worked really well. There's, there's always variation in the world. We have to understand that there's common cause variation and special cause variation. If we're going to permit something going outside of our process, it better be something that's a, a whack situation. Yeah. Something that's a once in a lifetime kind of a thing. And then you go, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, do whatever you got to do. But often it's those common cause variations, the things that happen all the time that we go, you know what, just, I just need to do this because of this reason. And it makes some sense. They can, they can have an argument for it, but we're permitting that to happen. And now we're permitting two different customer experiences, right? Which is, 
degrading for what our process is trying to be. Yeah. And that customer is important too, because now as we start to get more clients too, we want to make sure that every customer is treated the same way, but we have multiple project leaders. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we don't want somebody going, Hey, I don't want to work with Sam. You know, we want them to work with us because Sam's not always going to be here. Who knows? Or Michael's not going to always be here. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, give me a book. What book should I read more? And I, I want to know a book that I'm going to read more than the first 20 pages because we have all these business books that we should read. And, okay. and just a little backstory that when I started a, this business, I, I was starting to read a lot of business books. But they started to make me anxious because I'm like, I'm not going to do any of that. Okay. So give me a book that I can use to put, put in practice. So right now I am a sponge. I, I'm, I'm reading so much because I'm learning about business and growing and all this stuff. So um, you already told me one of my favorite ones now, and that's the E-Myth mm -hmm. uh, for reasons we've talked about. But one of the things that it's going to be second hat to you, so I'm not going to help you, maybe other people. Uh, the, the book Traction mm -hmm. is, is a really good book because I don't know any of that stuff and I'm really learning and growing. And I think from cover to cover, that was a really positive one for me. So. Now, do you think Traction is? I mean, there's a lot of process in that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There is. Yep. Yep. And, right. And so you're going to do it the same way. And that's in the, in the marketing world, it seems like the processes keep changing with the times. Yeah. But it's important to know what the process is. And if you're following it, in a successful way based on what you have and does it fit or not? Is this truly best practice that you're just trying it? Yeah. Or are you, are you truly adopting it in a consistent manner for what you have it? So, yeah, and I we'll found see. it interesting because I used to think, well, hey, we're new and we're entrepreneurial, so we can do things a little bit different. But then I, you know, that really was not the way. There's, you know, no matter what business you're in, there are business practices that have worked for 50 years that we still have to lean on. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Give me a business owner or anyone, and we can say alive or dead, that you would uh, like to have dinner with and why. Uh, without a doubt, it would be Oprah. Yeah. I love the underdog story, and I can't think of anyone, and I'm sure there are a couple examples, but I can't think of a bigger underdog. I mean, she was a poor, beaten, female, black in America, and is a billionaire. Yeah. You know, tell me somebody else off the year who's accomplished more with less from the very beginning. I mean, she's done fantastic. So, and we we forget that story about her because she's so who she is today. But we also forget how big she really was, and I and I say was because I think a lot of people, younger generation, don't remember right. when what she did on that show that yeah. my mother religiously watched, <laughs> right. and so therefore I did. Yeah. Um, what she did on that show was something that no one else had ever done before yeah it was the highest rated show for how many i, I don't even know yeah. and you know that that idea of uh, of television at the time was you had to watch things at specific times and so it was much much more difficult to do something like that but then again she did it and so i think we forget about her at you know if you're in that generation so i think that's a really a couple people have said that that would be a fun dinner yeah, I think so too. I'd have to have a real good process and list of questions to ask. She, her, she, so. she'd probably come up with her own process. I mean, there's somebody I'm sure that has processes in her life. Yeah. So oh, yeah. That's successful. 100%. You don't have the time, you don't have the energy unless you have processes down. How did you get things. to where you are today? Yeah. Or sure. Write it down and copy it. <laughs> so uh, we're working on the website. Uh, website's up. Um, let's say, how do we best get in touch with you? I'm interested in this process piece. Um, I don't know what it is, but I got to have it. How do I do that? Um, visit our website, processpro.net, P-R-O-C-E-S-S, uh, P-R-O, -E -S -S -P -R -O. Uh, or you can email me directly, bernie.adams, that's B-E-R-N-I-E dot Adams, A-D-A-M-S, 
at processpro.net as well. And guys, we'll have all that in the show notes. You can check. Uh, and Bernie wants to talk to you. He has been very helpful for us and anybody that I've introduced him to. He wants to get to know this area, but he also wants to be able to give this process map to you guys so that you can see how it works. So definitely reach out to Bernie. Bernie, is there anything I missed before we get to our last question? Anything you want to say to our audience? No, I appreciate the time. This is a great show and I, uh, I love listening and learning as much as I possibly can. So tell me, we, as fathers, we know this answer that more than most, I think. Um, and I don't even know. I'm always afraid that somebody's going to like take these questions and ask me, mm-hmm. but I'm the host, so they can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to think about that. So what do you hope and, and, and what do you think your legacy, Bernie's legacy, will be? Um, my legacy revolves around my, my family, my children. Really, I mean, that's been the focus of my life for the last 15 years. And it is, for me, the multiplier effect. So I had a grandfather who still impacts my day. He you know, died 20 years ago. And his actions, he, he had three jobs during the Great Depression to care for his family. You know, and that kind of work ethic and desire. And it was clear that he loved his family, his extended family all his life. When my time is done, I want my kids to know, A, that they're loved. B, that, that there was somebody that did everything that he could for them. And I want to make that multiplier effect happen for six more kids, sure. which turned into 18, which turned into, you know, to make this world a better place through them because of my actions right now. That, for me, I can't imagine a better legacy than that. Thanks, Bernie. The multiplier effect. I appreciate your time here today, and i just really glad that we met you, and I'm looking forward to great success for you. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Brian. That was Bernie Adams of Process Pro, processpro.net. That'll be in the show notes. And again, I want you to do this. I want you to look at your process in the morning. And Holly, my lovely wife, if you're listening right now, I want you to look at your process uh, for arriving to work and arriving almost anywhere and see what you could cut out of that process. So I'll help you make a list. I'm sure this is going to go over really well. And you guys, thanks a lot. If there's any guests that you want on the show, we'd love to have guests on the show. Anybody from anywhere who wants to talk about process or wants to talk about business and the mistakes that we made, that's what we're here for. Again, I'm Brian with Michigan Creative and the Business Machine. And remember, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next one.